with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and Rich O'Connor. to a special edition of WMYT Sports Talk. I'm Mark Roseman, along with my partner, Rich O'Connor. Tonight, we will once again bring you the most comprehensive listener call-in show on Long Island. Okay, uh, first, let's make it legal. We are listening to Sports Talk over at WNYT Old Westbury. And, Rosie, for our first-time listeners, this is not our normal time. This special edition of Sports Talk is on at 6 o'clock tonight as a special service to our listeners. We know that most of our knowledgeable sports fans are going to want to catch the hockey game tonight between the Islanders and the Rangers or the NCAA Finals between North Carolina and Georgetown. There may be even some of you that want to catch the Academy Awards. But don't forget that next week, Sports Talk will expand to two full hours, and we'll be on at our regular time of 8 o'clock and answer your questions and talk sports for two full hours. Rosie? That's right, Rich, and we're really looking forward to expanding and bringing you more features and more trivia questions. And to kick off our special edition of Sports Talk, here's Bob Taylor to bring you up to date on the NCAA Finals. Good evening, I'm Bob Taylor with the Week in Review for College Basketball. Well, we are now down to two teams to determine the National Collegiate Basketball Championship. Tonight, the Tar Heels of North Carolina meet the Hoyas of Georgetown before a crowd of over 60,000 at the Superdome in New Orleans. On Saturday, North Carolina beat Houston 68-63 before 61,612 fans, the largest ever to see a college basketball game. North Carolina jumped off to a 14-point lead in the first five minutes of play, the Cougars managed to tie the game at 29 all, but never got any closer as the Tar Heels defense managed to contain Rob Williams, Houston's high-scoring guard, who averaged 21.8 points a game during the season to only two free throws. Sam Perkins had 25 points, and Michael Jordan with 18 were the high scores for North Carolina. Georgetown out-defense Louisville 50-46 to to gain their spot in the final. Georgetown had a very poor offensive showing, with Sleepy Floyd only hitting on three field goals. Pat Ewing held to eight points, and the Hoyas only hit on 44% of their shots. The big gun for Georgetown was Eric Smith with 14. Like the Taylor Tarrant card said, a Georgetown-North Carolina final and Georgetown the victors. In the finals of the NIT held Wednesday night at Madison Square Garden, Bradley beat Purdue 67-58. Bradley, who was very disappointed in not being invited to the NIT voice their unhappiness all through the week, proved how good they are in the best way possible on the court. True, they should have been invited to the NCAA, but in a tournament that allows 48 teams, the 49th is always going to cry. Rich and Rosie, I'm mad as hell, and I'll tell you why. Over the last few weeks, some broadcasters in the New York area have alluded to the intelligence of Georgetown's Pat Ewing. One going so far as to ask the question, can Pat Ewing spell NCAA? So what if Pat Ewing can't spell? So what if Pat Ewing can't read? So what if he has an IQ of only two digits? These broadcasters know as well as I do that college basketball is a business, and Ewing is there to play basketball, not to learn Einstein's theory of relativity. Sure, he's in college and shouldn't be given a free ride academically, but are you going to tell me Joe Klecko, who I respected and admire, was a Rhodes Scholar? Or how about Ray Williams? Was he Phi Beta Kappa? But because the man was proving himself to be such a dominant force on the basketball court in his freshman year, these broadcasters turned towards his weak spots. Don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning the special treatment he or other college athletes get. 
Sure, college is a learning institution, but we all know when it comes to sports, it's business. So don't knock Pat Ewing for his intelligence. He's just a pawn in the game controlled by the school's administration, wanting the dollars from the alumni, the NCAA, and TV revenues. Take Pat Ewing for what he is, a great college basketball player, not a physicist. I'm Bob Taylor, all over Bourbon Street for WNYT Sports Talk. Okay, thank you very much, Bob. And rumor has it that Bob has found Larry Frazier in a bar on Bourbon Street. And now with our celebrity of the staff, Mr. Sal Domino, whose name appeared on page three of Newsday in yesterday's sports section. Just some more proof of how our reporters are on top of fast-breaking sports news. Here's Penalty Minutes. Hello again, everyone. I'm Sal Domino, and this is Penalty Minutes, a look at the NHL. Well, Bob Teller, after tonight, it will be just about over. No more talk about Georgetown and Patrick Ewing. No more talk about the NCAA, and no more college basketball. You say there's always pro basketball? Who cares? And it's too early to worry about baseball. So what does that leave? That's right, the NHL playoffs. But before I get into the action for the Campbell Conference, I'd like to take a minute to congratulate all of those fans who waited online with me last Friday night and Saturday for New York Islanders playoff tickets. A special thanks to Howie, Bells, Richie, and all the others who helped to make that a memorable time. For the first time in five years that I have waited online for tickets, there was not one incidence of violence, no need for mounted police, no motorcycle cops, and no members of the riot patrol. They should be proud of themselves. It's people like this that give hockey a good name. And for those who, people who waited 15 to 20 hours in 25 to 30 degree cold and still remained even-tempered, you people are the very special penalty minute people of the week. And now we'll take a look at the playoff situation in the Campbell Conference. In the Norris Division, Minnesota is in first, but their opponent has yet to be determined. St. Louis and Chicago are tied for third. When it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter who they play. The North Stars have recovered from early season injuries and are playing the way they did last year. Chicago is more offensive-oriented, but it shows on their goals against average. St. Louis is not as good as their record reflected last year, and Michael Ute is now one of the most overrated goalies in the NHL. Minnesota should take either in three. The team in third will play Winnipeg. The Jets are the most improved team in NHL history, and with rookie Dale Howichuk and winger Mo Lukowicz, they remind me of last year's Edmonton Oilers, a young team with lots of potential. Their potential should carry them to a four-game win over Chicago or St. Louis. In the Smythe division, Edmonton has a lock on first, and it looks like they will be playing the Los Angeles Kings. The Oilers have slipped of late, and they may have some trouble with the surging Kings. Ellie is not physical enough or have enough strong skaters to keep up with the great Gretzky. And if they key on Gretzky, they may open up the ice for players like Mark Messier, who has 45-plus goals, and Glenn Anderson, who has over 100 points. Edmonton is a very strong team overall and will beat L.A. in four. In the other series, Vancouver is one point ahead of Calgary. This is probably the most evenly matched series and will go five. Both teams have quality goaltenders and team leaders. Kent Nielsen is still a great force, despite his subpar season, and I expect him to come through big. This is why the Flames are going to win. Next week, I'll take a look at the Prince of Wales Conference and see, the, see how the Islanders and Rangers will fare. And that about wraps it up. This has been Penalty Minutes. Look at this past week in the NHL, and I'm Sal Domino for WNYT Sports. Thank you very much, Sal. And next week, Sal will have an exclusive interview with Islander broadcaster Jiggs McDonald. Be sure to tune that in next week at our normal time slot between 8 and 10 o'clock. And right now, we're going to turn it over to the world of basketball. Here's Ms. Andrea Shays. Hi, and welcome back to another week of NBA Roundup. This past week, many teams ended long winning streaks. A game this week that should be forgotten was one played on Friday night between the Nets and the Bullets. The Nets lost 104-88. to The Bullets' victory was the 600th of Coach Gene Shue's career. The defeat gave the Nets a record of 35-35 and and put them out of third place in the Atlantic Division. The Bullets led the Nets by half a game. 
Rookie Orlando Woodridge produced a career high of 24 points to lead the Chicago Bulls over the Knicks Friday night, 131-107. to Knicks coach Red Holzman said that as the game progressed, they got better and we got worse. The closest the Knicks came after halftime was 22 points. The defeat was their eighth straight on the road. The margin of the victory was the Bulls' largest of the season. They trailed Atlanta by five games in the race for the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics' streaks ended Sunday after they lost to the 76ers 116-98, ending Boston's 18-game streak, the longest in team history and the third best in the NBA. The Celtics won Saturday night, beating the Pistons 125-104, with Larry Bird and Gerard Henderson contributing in double figures. The Knicks lost to the Nets last night, 113-106. The Knicks' problem is, and they admit, is that they have too many players, and the excess continued last night as the Nets defeated them for the third time this season, 113-106. Nothing has changed since last year. The Knicks still have too many players who want to do the job. Ray Williams may be gone, but his place has been taken by pros, such as Lucas, Westfall, and Randy Smith. Add Cartwright, Richardson, Russell, and Webster, and you can only wonder, are there enough basketballs in New York for all these people? The defeat pushed the Knicks farther out of the NBA Eastern Conference playoff. With 11 games remaining, the Knicks have the seventh worst record in the league. The player of the week has to be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who, with his, who, while playing his thousandth NBA game, helped lead the Lakers to a 116-111 victory over the Kings. The Lakers were leading by 12 points early in the fourth period when Kansas City went on a spree to pull within 101-98. But Jabbar, who missed most of the first half because he had three fouls, made a skyhook to break the Lakers' drought, and McAdoo fouled with a basket. McAdoo led all, all scores with 30 points, and Jabbar had 18 NBA Roundup, this has been Andrea Shays, and now back to Rachel and Rosie. Okay, thank you very much, Andrea. And, uh, of course, after uh, right after this, uh, we're going to be back to open up the phones at 626-378. Actually, we have a couple of things to take care of. Right now, in his last of series on baseball predictions, here's Dean Young. Houston Astros led the league in pitching last season. We'll probably do it again this year. Ray Knight, who was acquired in the offseason for Cesar Cedeno, will prove to be an extremely valuable addition, and I look for Houston to win the National League West this season. Hi, I'm Dean Young, and this is Pennant Watch. This is the last of the prediction segments, and this week I'll be looking at the National League West. The Astros and skipper Bill Verdon were 33-20 and 20 in the second half of last year's strike-shortened season. Houston has a good hitting attack led by Jose Cruz and Art Howe. However, pitching is what makes this club. The staff is led by Nolan Ryan, who besides pitching the fifth no-hitter of his career last year, was 11-5 with a 1.69 ERA to lead the league. Bob Nepper, last season's comeback player of the year, along with Don Sutton, Joe Necro, and Vern Rule, give the Astros the strongest starting rotation in the game. The bullpen is led by Long Islander Joe Sampito. I like Houston because of their pitching staff. However, a serious injury to any one of the players already mentioned could drop the Astros back to as far as fourth place in what should be a tight divisional race. Last season's world champion Los Angeles Dodgers and prolific manager Tom Lasorda are always around the top of the NL West, and this year should be no exception. Not at last year's Cy Young and Rookie of the Year Award winner Fernando Valenzuela is back on the team. The Dodgers have the same pitching staff that was second in the league to Houston last year. Steve Garvey, Dusty Baker, Ron Say, and Pedro Guerrero will be the main offensive threats in the Dodgers lineup. The Dodgers will once again field a strong team, however the Astros may be just a little stronger. The Cincinnati Reds lost their entire starting outfield of a year ago. 
However, newcomers Cesar Cedeno and Clint Hurdle were trying to make up for these losses. If Johnny Bench makes a successful transition to third base and Dan Dreesen returns to his old form, then the Reds will challenge for the title. Tom Seaver was 14-2 last year, and he'll be the main man on the Cincinnati pitching staff. This team has a tremendous amount of potential and could just surprise some people and win this divisional crown. Frank Robertson's San Francisco Giants and Joe Torrey's Atlanta Braves are both improving and can finish above 500 this year. The San Diego Padres and Dick Williams also head in the right direction, but they're still a few years away from contention. I'd just like to remind everybody that April 1st is the interleague trading deadline, so look for some major trades to take place in the upcoming week. My predicted order finish, Astros, Dodgers, Reds, Giants, Braves, and Padres. It's been Dean Young with WYT Sports. Now back to Rich and Rosie. Thank you very much, Dean. We're going to open up the phones now at 626-3780, and I'll be back with our first trivia question of the night right after this. Hey, uh, Teach, can I talk to you a minute? Sure, what's up, Ralph? Well, I'm going into college when I get out of high school, you know, and I got me some problems. What seems to be the trouble? Well, you know I'm a classy guy, that ain't it, and I got brains, you know that too, right? Well, I got no money. How can I get a taste of what you call your uh, higher education if I can't afford it? Well, the U.S. Department of Education's Basic Educational Opportunity Grant might be able to help you out. Yeah? You're a U.S. citizen, aren't you? Well, Flatbush, yeah. And you're going to school at least part-time. Right. Well, you seem to be eligible for the grant. And besides that, you can show a need. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm a classy guy, but the bucks I ain't got, you know what I mean? Well, Ralph, I think what you should do is go down to the school's financial aid office. They have applications for the grant. Or if you'd rather, why don't you write Consumer Focus, Pueblo, Colorado, 81009. Oh, great. And uh, I guess that makes this a message from the uh, Consumer Information Center and WNYT, huh? You got it, Ralph. Hi, I'm Andrew Callum. When I'm not playing uh, with the New York Islanders, I'm listening to WNYT. Welcome back. Sure, to someone the... had to translate back there. <laughs> yes, we did. It was quite a, quite a, a day out there with Andy Collar, but a very nice person. Well, welcome back to WNYT Sports Talk. And like I said, we're going to open up the phones at 626-3780. And right now it's time to give out our first trivia question of the night. Tonight's first question, or right out of Andy Collar, what can we talk about hockey on the current new york ranger team there are only two players who have played in every game since making the nhl who are they the phones are now open at 626-3780 um rich anything you'd like to talk about right now well i was just uh, i wanted to bring up a point about uh dean said that the interleague trading deadline is uh april 1st and uh i was uh listening to uh something this morning, and uh, evidently Mr. Steinbrenner is a little bit upset after yesterday's 4-3 to defeat of uh, the Mets over the Yankees, and George said he is furious at the way his team has performed in spring training, and especially since the Mets now hold bragging rights up until May 27th, which is the Mayor's Trophy game, and George said that uh, he really would like to get rid of a few players, especially the players who were on the field yesterday, no matter who they are. Now, the latest trading dead, uh, the latest trading rumor has it that Doyle Alexander will be in a New York Yankee uniform before the end of this week in exchange for Rick Rushell. George is, uh, has no care about money, Mark. He doesn't care about how much money he has to spend just as long as he gets what he wants. Yes, okay. well, um, Doyle Alexander will again be in a Yankee uniform. That will be a return. And Rushell has uh, not even pitched an inning of spring training ball. Uh, we'll get back into that. However, it's time to go over to the phones. The phone number here is 626-3780. Good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Uh, 
Hello. Um, yeah, I know the answer to that ranger question. Okay, give it a shot. Tommy Laidlaw and Mike Rogers. Okay, you are a winner. The first call ever. <laughs> okay, excitement as the winner. Uh, we're going to put you on hold, and our engineer will take your name. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Um, um, can I ask you a question? Sure. Um, who do you think is... Like the best player on the Rangers, in your opinion. The best player on the Rangers? You mentioned it in the answer. I feel it's Mike Rogers. Mike Rogers? Again, Mike Rogers fans. Okay. The Mike we'll Rogers get, fan club. We'll put you on hold, <laughs> and our engineer will take your name. Thank you very much for calling. 626-3780 is the number if you got anything you'd like to talk about in the world of sports. Right now, we're going to go over to the phones once again. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Hello? Okay, I guess they're not. No, they're definitely not. 626 <laughs> is the number. Let's get back to the... Uh, it's funny that uh, a lot of people are really happy about Mike Rogers saying that he is the best-performing Ranger on the team this year. Of course, going by his stats, you might you probably have to say that Mike Rogers has, uh, in the games that I've seen with him in, with him in a Ranger uniform, he's looked very good. And, uh, of course, I have to say the, the acquisition of getting him has been more positive than negative in uh, many terms. And I feel he has been a lot of help to the New York Rangers this season. I feel if you take a look at Mike Rogers' stats, it's uh, consistency right through. Ever since he's, uh, let's say, the jump, it really wasn't a jump. He came over with the Hartford Whalers in the expansion of the WHA teams. Since making the NHL, Mike Rogers has played three consecutive seasons, every single game. And uh, if he gets three more points in the next four games, it will be the third consecutive year he scored 100 or more points. So Mike Rogers is doing very well with the New York Rangers. Right now, the line he is playing on with uh, Ron Duguay and Mark Pavlich doing exceptionally well. I'd like to remind you once again, the Performing phone number here well. is 626-3780. If you got anything you'd like to talk about in the world of sports, why don't you pick up the phone and give us a call? Of course, uh, watching the Buffalo game the other night, the Rangers against Buffalo, uh, that line of Pavlich, Duguay, and uh, Rogers was the line that brought them right back into the game. And, uh, of course, the Rangers scoring five goals in that third period. And the Rangers are now known as the third-period team in the NHL right now. Uh, up until last night, of course, uh, well, they did score the only goal of the game in the third period. The, the Rangers have been coming back from deficits in the third period, especially it's very hard to score five goals against Buffalo because Buffalo is one of the better teams in, in, in the NHL. And... Um, in a way, I hope the Rangers, well, the Rangers won't have to go up against them in the playoffs unless they meet in the finals. Well, which, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, tonight's game, the Islander-Ranger game. Let's uh, sort of set that up since the game time is less than two hours away. New York Rangers will be taking on the first-place team uh, overall in the NHL, also in the Patrick Division at Madison Square Garden. The game starts 8.05 this evening due to the circus. Once again, the circus causing a lot of problems as far as the playoff scheduling. Uh, they don't even have a playoff schedule set up for the Ranger Flyers series because they're holding off to make sure the Rangers come in second place overall in the division and uh, make sure they have home team advantage. Also, the games are scheduled to start Wednesday and Thursday, but due to a Nick game schedule on Thursday, some uh, minor technicalities have to be worked out. As soon as we get that information, we'll give it along to you. But tonight's game, Rich, uh, what are your feelings on tonight's game after last night's dismal performance by the Rangers. Well, I'm not saying that the Rangers went out and deliberately lost last night's game, but uh, for any night of them to have a flat night, I would rather have them, of course, I'd rather have them have the flat night last night than tonight, because tonight, of course, is the 
last time that the Rangers and the Islanders will meet in the regular season, and uh, it's pretty much uh, it's pretty much bragging rights going into the playoffs. A team that uh, comes away, it's it's mental. If the Rangers and Islanders do meet in the playoffs, it will be a mental factor, especially if the if the game is one sided and a blowout, which I, I really don't feel it will be in either case. And uh, it has a lot of mental effects on both teams tonight, and I'm sure both teams are going to go out there. It's going to be one heck of a hockey game out there at the Garden tonight. Okay, well, also, not only is it the last time of the season, but it also is a preview of the Patrick Division Finals, most likely. Uh, I really don't think the Rangers will have trouble with Philadelphia. I think last night the players were playing for tonight's game. I really think that they weren't mentally up for the Philly game. The last game they played against Philadelphia was flawless, and they expected to go out there and not have to work for it, which is a problem the Rangers have. Okay, the Rangers do not really get up for the games that they should. Um, They have a problem motivating themselves until the third period when they're behind the eight ball. As in the Buffalo game, the Rangers played two lousy periods, but in the past they've been able to come back in the third period and come back to win or tie, as exemplified in the Washington game where they scored four goals to, to go ahead and ended up tying the game. However, they feel that they can hold off until the third period. Right now we're going to go over to the phones once again and say, good evening, you're on Sports Talk. Well, Bill, maybe you'd like to comment on uh, who you think is the stronger of the range of goalies will, uh, go with, uh, in the playoffs. Okay, that's a good question. I, I've wondered in my mind either way um, who I felt was a strong goaltender. In the beginning, I thought Eddie Mio was a dynamite goaltender. I still think he is. I think he faces more shots on goal per game than Steve Weeks. I feel, though, that Steve Weeks is a more conservative goalie, meaning that he plays his angles extremely well. He very rarely gets beat on, beat on shots that he shouldn't get beat on. He um, makes the saves he's supposed to, comes up with the big save every now and then. And right now, I feel that Steve Weeks is the, right now he's not the more experienced goaltender, but I think he, he's the better of the two. I think they're very evenly matched, however. I think they're very capable goaltenders. I feel Eddie Mio, the pro, his major problem is that uh, he, he tends to go with the first shot too much often and uh, where he'll get beat on the follow-up, on the second shot. Uh, another thing I think he does is he drops too early on the shots and last night was a it was a major example of it on the on the Flyers first goal he dropped down uh, right away for the first shot and uh, I forget who was shooting it but it went off his skate he missed it he got his stick caught behind his skate the puck dribbled over to the other side and uh, Sittler put it in without any problem it's just a matter of any meal dropping down too, too early and leaving the other side the net wide open for a follow-up shot okay all right I think I, I, think I, said that I agree with you okay thanks a lot thank you 626-3780 is a number. Okay, good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, I'd like to know if the Mets will trade any players during, you know, April 1st. If, if the Mets are going to? Yeah. Um, well, of course, the the whole the uh, Lee Mazzilli controversy hasn't been solved yet. Joe Youngblood is still unhappy in New York. with uh, well, Not unhappy in New York, but unhappy with the role he's supposed to be playing this season. And, of course, Ellis Valentine is, uh, you know, he's being considered also because Lee Mazzilli has not had a bad spring. Uh, as, as what is the Mets con- management is concerned, he has uh, been hitting well as of late. And Ellis Valentine has not played that much in spring training because of an injury. So uh, as spring training came out, they said Lee Mazzilli and Joe Youngblood were gone. And uh, well, now as it stands is, is that Ellis Valentine is right now on the trading block, but not many teams are interested in him because of his injury-prone uh, seasons he's had the last two times around. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think the Mets are going to have to... Uh, 
I think they should go before the inter interleague trading deadline because then they only, you know, of course, you only can deal with National League talent after that. But I think right now they should go for what they can get. I think that one of the three should go because it's going to cause a very unhappy situation at Shea Stadium this summer. And uh, I feel uh, with the unhappiness, it'll just get too much out of hand because George Bamberger is a very soft-spoken guy. He's not the guy that's going to go in there and say, hey, you know, play your game and shut up. Just do what you have to do. He's going to let everything affect everything around him. And it will hurt the Mets a lot more than help them. See, right now I feel uh, what Rich is saying is absolutely true. But I feel that the Mets are also standing by with their pitching staff because all their pitchers, including Randy Jones, Pat Zacher, Craig Swan, all the injured arms from last year are making their way back this year very well. In fact, uh, Charlie Paleo also is another pitcher who will make the team and has been outstanding. So the Mets have been holding off their need for another top-quality pitcher. I think that in that regard that the Mets are wrong. I think that they should adopt George Steinbrenner's policy where you never have enough talent. I think that the Mets should go out and get a quality pitcher. You know, they got three outfielders that they, you can only, I mean, they have six outfielders, but you can only play three at a time. It's time to, you know, make up your mind on the Missouri's Young Bloods and the Valentines, and let's make a move, and let's get ourselves another quality pitcher or some more insurance up the middle. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much for your call. 626-3780 is the number. Good evening, you're on Sports Talk. Yeah, uh... Still real response about, you know, the Ranger game last night against the Flyers, you know. And all the reports I read in the paper today that the Rangers like they didn't feel like playing this game. They were thinking of tonight's game against the Islanders, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Philly came out and told them how they were going to play the game. They were yeah. going to stop them in their own end. Yeah, well, that is... That... Yeah, they went ahead and did exactly what they told the Rangers they were going to do. Well, How can you defend it? The Rangers, well, they didn't feel like playing or They would think it's tonight's game against the Islanders. You really can't, and that was my point. Uh, the point is that... Um... It happens in Major League Sports, no matter what team it is, whether it be the Rangers, any team. Uh, when you have the big game, the like dynamite game that you're really looking forward to, and even the world itself, you know, you always... The dynamite game tonight. I mean, the, the dynamite game is coming up not this week, next week. I mean, that that's the dynamite game. Everything has been settled so far. Well, well... The players told them exactly how they were going to play them, and they told them this is how they're going to play them in the playoffs. However, though, uh, the dynamite games are coming up next week. Yeah, but, I mean, are they looking forward to a dynamite game after the first game against the Flyers, or are they looking to a dynamite game after the seventh game against the Flyers? I mean, how do you justify what you said this, you know, on, the, on the sports talk here? The way I justify it is, um, obviously, the conclusions that we came up with are equal to the sports writers in the paper, that they were looking past tonight's game. It happens. I'm not saying, I'm not justifying I mean, why don't they? Why don't they go by what, they, what the Flyers told them? I mean, the Flyers exactly told them, this is how we're going to play the Rangers, and this is how we stop the Rangers. And they did exactly what they said they were going to do, and they did it. Right. I, I'm not saying that. That you're wrong. We're not saying that the Rangers deliberately went out and lost last night. I mean, the Rangers looked lousy, and the Flyers played right. a terrible game. From the drop of the, once they dropped the puck in the first period, the Flyers were checking the Rangers right into the boards. I don't think the Rangers. Well, that's exactly moved. what they said they were going to do. Right, well, right. We're not justifying why the Rangers lost. A loss is a loss. Okay, and the Flyers totally outplayed them, as indicative by the shots on goal. It was a total reversal of the 5-2 game that they played at the Garden. The Flyers um, did what I feel has to be done to defeat the Rangers. From the drop of the puck, you have to hound their defensemen, because I think with the aside, aside from Rayo Rutzelenin, their defensemen are not really adept at moving the puck out of their own end. And as soon as there's pressure on the defense, they seem to cough up the puck a lot. And Rayo Rutzelenin also has the tendency, in fact, in the Washington game where it was a tie, the final goal coming with a minute and 18 left, it was Royal Roots of London who coughed up the puck on pressure from 
on the defenseman trying to get it out of the end. We're not justifying the Rangers' loss. They played a lousy game. We're just trying to also think on another level what some of the other reasons would be. They played an awful game. They deserve to lose. Without Eddie Mio, the game should have been something like 6-1, to one, if not more. Okay, we're, we are agreeing with you, but you also have to take in consideration other facts. And the Rangers have had this tendency always to look ahead and not get down to the game at hand. And that's something that Herb Brooks is going to have to change if he expects his team to go anywhere. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. 626-3780 is the number. Good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Uh, yeah. Hello? Hello. Um, I, I just want your opinion about the uh, Mets. Do you think that they blew it by not uh, signing bump wells? Well, I don't think the bump will situation is uh, that much to worry about. I don't think that would have made them move up anymore, as a matter of fact. Um, if, if, if it's a prediction in a way you're looking for, I, I think the Mets will finish, I don't know, in the bottom half of the division, probably fourth place around there. I agree. Uh, it's just, no, I don't think the bump will situation really would have helped them that much. Uh, it's not really... That that the middle part of the infield is the is the weakest part defensively about the Mets. There's no doubt about that. But Bob Wills is not he's not a superb shortstop. He's the, he's the kind of player the Mets have gone for too much in the in the past few years. The the the, the no not the nobodies, but the guys that you know had the, the one just, really good season and then faded. And right. the, the Mets are trying to pick up. I think they're wise in going with their young talent as far as Ron Gardenhire and Wally Backman. I think Wally Backman is going to surprise a lot of people. However, the middle is definitely their weakness without a doubt. Um, Bump Wills, I don't think, would have been the player to show up the middle infield. I think Bump Wills would have been uh, someone like a Bob Baylor or Mike Cubbage, you know, right. someone who the Mets just got off the uh, the free agency block and uh, didn't really perform for them. He was just someone who was stuck in that position, someone who was playing that position for the season. Okay? Um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say that it seems like every year that these, the Mets always have young ball players. I'm a big Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long am I going to have to wait until the Mets uh, <clears throat> start getting in the upper part of their division next? Well, that's I'm what an old man before they think. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just uh, I I agree with you there, but it's it's the it's a all right. Well, that, if everyone feels that way, the fans are not going to pay, and uh, pretty soon uh, Doubleday and company is going to get the message, and they're going to go start go out and doing what George does, and that's paying money for quality ball players. However, I think the Mets are on the right road now. Uh, maybe not that long. Okay, we don't want you to get gray by the time they win it. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye bye. Bye-bye. The, th- the thing with the Mets, Mark, is that everything can only help. Nothing can really hurt in uh, their past few years. 626-3780 is the number. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, guys. How you doing? Okay. How are you? All right. Listen, you were talking a lot about the uh, reasons for the Rangers' loss last night. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, what I heard a sportscaster talking about today, and I sort of agree with them, if you uh, think back to the Olympics, the Russians came in just before the Olympics to play the American team. And the Russians destroyed them. I mean, and they totally destroyed them. A lot of people said that Herb Brooks was holding back. He didn't want to show the Russians all the stuff that he had. Do you think that maybe that's what happened last night with the Ranger game? That's a, a very interesting point. In fact, Rich O touched on it. Rich, you want to expand on, on what you were saying? You said that the Rangers didn't actually deliberately lose the game, but... They didn't. No, they didn't deliberately lose the game. But uh, I, you know, both the Flyers and the Islanders and the Rangers are some. They're going to meet in the playoffs. You know, it's definite that the Flyers and the Rangers will meet. Now, two things with the Rangers is number one, they're playing the Islanders tonight. Now, they know that the New York fans don't care. Not really. Not that they don't care, but they care a lot more about tonight's game than last night's game. And uh, really, tonight is it's it's you know it's like a Mayor's Trophy game. It's yeah. it's uh it's uh bragging rights of New York. I mean. 
it's it's always going to be remembered. When the Islanders and Rangers meet for the last time in the season, it is remembered until they meet again in the playoffs who won that last game. And it's going to be a big psychological factor. I, but I'm, as I'm saying, the Rangers played a lousy game last night. Now, uh, as Mark said, that's because they tend to think ahead to the, to the games in the future rather than the game at, on hand. And that is a problem with uh, the Rangers and with Herb Brooks, and he's going to have to change it. But you're right. It did happen uh, in uh, 1980 with the Olympics. It's exactly what Herb Brooks did, and Herb Brooks is the, the Islanders at the Coliseum, and he gave interviews for some reason from Stanford, so I don't know why. Every game, Stanford interviews Herb Brooks, and Herb Brooks always comments on how great the Islanders are. Like, all you see over and over again. I think it's also just a mind job on the team. I have a feeling that Herb Brooks knows what he's doing. We have to wait, you know. Every, everything can be second-guessed by the time, I mean, by the time two weeks from now, well, I don't know if the Rangers were just hanging back and not carrying them everything. Right. I mean, the way I figured it, I mean, it was Ryan last week of the week before, and the Rangers played the Flyers, they blew them away. You know, it was a 5 2 game. They played a brick type game. They were moving. They right. weren't taking the city penalty. In fact, last night, the penalty sort of set the tone for the game. They had a penalty when the Flyers scored that first short handed goal. That short handed, uh, the power play goal, they sort of set the tone. All right? Yeah, okay, okay, thank you very much for your call. 626. 3780 is the number, however, it's time to take a quick break. Then we'll be right back, right after this. Thanks for being back mementos to your friends or yourself when you're traveling abroad. But the U.S. Customs Service has some rules you must follow for bringing articles back into the country. Everything you get abroad and keep when you return must be declared. to declare how much you paid for each item in U.S. dollars or the equivalent. The first $300 may be entered duty-free as long as you buy the article for your own personal or household use. Well, we brought it back from Cambodia in the guitar, man, and we um, made brownies out of some and gave some away as a wedding present, and we're selling the rest, man. Find out more about travel by sending for the U.S. Customs Service booklet called No Before You Go. Send a postcard to the U.S. Customs, P.O. Box 7118, Washington, D.C., 20044. This has been a message from the U.S. Customs Service and WNYT. Okay, thank you very much, Joe. And uh, welcome back to Sports Talk. We're Joe Connor, Mark Roseman. Quickly, our second trivia question of tonight looks easier than it really is. To get a point towards a sporting goods package from Regent Sporting Goods, a quality name in sporting goods for over 40 years, all we want to know is who is the only player in the National Hockey League who wears number 13. Right now, we're going to go over to the phones, and good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Uh, hi. Hello. Um, you talk about Rangers with the defense team there with the running a little while ago. Yes. And uh, I think he'll be great. He's great on either defense or forward. I was wondering if you think he'd be more effective on forward. I don't really think so. I think that the mistake was also made with Ron Gresham to try to convert him to center ice. Um, 
I think that Rayo Ritalinen is fine as he's um, he's very small. However, he plays uh, a great back-checking game. He knows how to hit very well. I think Rayo Ritalinen can be one of the premier defensemen for the New York Rangers. I think he can kind of pick up the slack that Ron Greshner um, has left behind. I don't know how effective Ron Greshner will be when and if he returns from back spasms. I have to say one thing right here, and the fact that bringing up another defenseman to a forward is something the Rangers have done in the past, and it has made me feel. Uh, especially with Ron Greshner. They have put Greshner at every position on the ice except for goaltender, and he should stay as a defenseman because that's what his position is. And then I've seen games where Steve Vickers has gone back on defense. So this is a long time ago, uh, about five or six years ago, in a, 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 a bad spell for the Rangers. But still, I feel it's something that the Rangers do too often in experimenting, and it's something that shouldn't be done. Keep players like uh, Ray Oluseletson and Ron Greshner at defense, and uh, don't put them up on the wing. Okay? Okay, uh, do we want to know who is the only player in the NHL right now to wear number 13? You got it, too, right on the head. All right, we're going to... Is this... Oh, wait a minute. Is this the same people that like to cheer? Okay, we'll, we'll put you on hold, and you got yourself another point this evening. Hold on, and Sal will take off your name and your address and things like that. Hold on. 626-3780 is number two winners on the first shot of the evening. And now, they know they're hockey over there in that household, don't they? 626. Maybe they're calling from Canada. It's a long distance. Could be. 626-3780 is the number. And good evening, you're on Sportsbook. Okay, how are you? Okay, you're talking about how the Rangers might have been looking ahead to the Islander game? Yes. the Islanders against Hartford Saturday night? Do you think they could have been looking ahead? Oh, so that could have been a... And, like and a 5-4 game. Which sure. And, uh, that's right. And uh, I, it's true. That could be also another thing. I'm sure uh, both teams are just physically comparing, uh, physically getting ready for tonight's game. It's funny because... Uh, Watching the Islanders play against Hartford Saturday night, they weren't. Uh, they they seem to be taking a lot of checks and not giving them back. Such like that, not you know taking the dangerous chances into the boards. So maybe they didn't want you know a, pl a player to take an unnecessary you know check or something like that. And the Rangers did it last night too. The Flyers gave a couple of. Uh, uh, not dirty shots, aggressive shots. No, Rich, let's be frank. They played a dirty game once again. They played a dirty game. The Flyers have constantly played a dirty game. Um, in fact, the boarding penalty by Kenny Winsman on Tim Bothwell exemplified. It was a chippy game. The elbows came up high. It wasn't one of their more dirty games, but I feel that it's time already to stop. The only coaching the, the Flyers, I think, between Fred Arthur and Dave and, and Ken Lindsman. I was just going to say, the only players last night who I thought were throwing the elbows were Lindsman and Dave. And Dave, if you watch, Dave is only brought up to throw elbows. I don't think he scored uh, three goals in his career in the yeah. NHL. And I, I really don't know why he's playing in the NHL except to uh, throw his weight around. But getting back to your uh, first point, it's true. Maybe the Islanders uh, weren't uh, mentally prepared to play hard for that night because they, too, were looking ahead to tonight's game. And that's why I think tonight's game is going to be uh, a definitely great game. One of the great best game. I think tonight you will see playoff hockey. I think you're right that the Islanders were looking, if not for the goal, the two goals in, in the last, I believe, five minutes, they would have lost the game to Hartford. However, um, they're both looking ahead because they know that they're going to be playing each other in the playoffs. That's the way it seems right now. They're, they're both counting on getting past the first round and another battle of New York. Last year's was a little different. All right, the Islanders weren't as worried because the Islanders were far superior. I'm not saying that they're not again this year, but Herb Brooks, the, the mystique follows the coach. All right, he performed miracles with the USA Olympic hockey team. No one thought it could be done. 
And now maybe the Islanders are beginning to think this. Kenny Morrow knows, in fact, both minds of both coaches of the New York Islanders and Rangers. We have an interview next week. We'll play that once again. The uh, Kenny Morrow reflections on both coaches. We'll get that for you next week. So some interesting stuff coming up for you next week, too. But, of course, another interesting point is that I'm sure the Islanders would like to win the Cup this year for Al Arbor, being that Al Arbor will no longer be the Islanders' coach after this, after this season. He's decided not to come back next year. He's, he's been waning towards the side of, of going fishing and doing the things that he likes to do with his wife. We've heard this before, yeah, but I think Lorne Henning is ready. I, I really do. I think that they've been grooming him, and it's time. Um, hate to cut you off like this. We've got more calls. Thanks Remember, that. next week we're back on at 8 o'clock. Okay, 626-3780 is a number. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. You think the Islanders are going to be the tonight? Excuse me? He wants to know if the Islanders will beat the Rangers tonight, which I interpret that way. Well, thank you. Um, I, I don't know. I You know, as... as Stat-wise, it's sure the Islanders. I feel are a superior hockey team, hockey team than the Rangers. It just shows up in the stats and everything. However, I, that's why we we're just saying that tonight will be an interesting game because uh, no one really knows why the Rangers lost last night and why they played so poor, and no one really is not isn't sure why the Islanders didn't wipe Hartford off the ice the other night. And uh, it could be maybe because mentally they weren't prepared. And going into tonight's game, it's it's of course it's going to be a great game. And uh, of course, one thing the Rangers do have on their side tonight is that they are playing in uh, probably the greatest sports arena in the country, and that is Madison Square Garden. And for a game like this, the fans are just uh, unbelievable for the Rangers, and I'm sure that will have some kind of plus in uh, that point. But I really, I really couldn't say who's going to win tonight. It's really going to be a tough game, probably I, I one of the best of the year. I think the key watch is the first shift on how Barry Beck performs. Okay, I've noticed this and in the last year playoffs when the fans start cheering way into the national anthem. Barry pumps his hand into the air to get the crowd going even more. It's playoff time. It's getting down to that point. Rangers have to motivate themselves. Important game for them if they're going to really go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They need the confidence now. A defeat uh, against the Islanders um, would kind of blow their confidence a bit. If they win tonight, the confidence has to be riding high going into that Philly series. They have a, a couple of more games, a uh, couple of milestones that they'd like to reach as Mike Rogers getting his 100th point. And they're, they're already improved over last year greatly. Look for the opening shift. If the Rangers come out hitting and going into emotion offense, it could be a tough game. Also, uh, Billy Smith will probably be the goaltender tonight, and Steve Weeks. Steve Weeks has a 14-game, 15-game winning streak, not winning streak, undefeated streak on the line. So, And the Islanders have a huge undefeated streak on their line. And the Rangers, if you remember, always seem to break streaks of the Islanders. Of course, they, they broke Trotier's last year's scoring streak. They, won, um, they beat the Islanders at home last year to break their most wins at home in a row. So watch tonight. It could be, uh, it's going to be close. It's going to be close checking game. I can't say either who's going to win. Thank you very much for calling, No. Thank you. Okay. 626-3780 is the number. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Yes, hello. Hello. Yes, I'd like to uh, talk about last night's game, the, uh, the Rangers against the Flies. I've, I've noticed that uh, Herb Brooks seems to be switching lines in the third period, like experimenting for, let's say, in case he gets into trouble, maybe he could have an extra line that, that would be a little stronger and more kind of, uh, let's say, hard against the board, especially against the Islanders, that they seem to be kind of a larger team than the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, also, well, I'd like to add that the Rangers possibly 
might have a completely different team than last year. Remember last year, if they lost those four straight games against the Islanders. Now, what do you think are the chances of that happening again? The uh, Rangers changing their lines around and everything? Sure. Um, I, I don't think, not the way the Lions have been playing recently. I feel that Herbrooks will stay with those lines because uh, they, especially the line of uh, Rogers, Dugan, Pavlich, because that's been performing extremely well for him. And uh, the secondary lines have been doing all right, too. And, all right, uh, now. It would be a foolish decision, in my opinion, for Herbrooks to go around and uh, put Rogers with, uh, you know, uh, with someone else setting up a whole other lines because the lines have been performing well right now, and uh, they're blending together and uh, to form, you know, a, a pretty stable hockey team. However, um, I, I noticed what you're saying about the shifting alliance. The main shifting alliance has occurred with Nick Petit, Tommy Younghands, and Nico Lennon, and they have been put together as a fourth line. I feel uh, you really can't say how great a chance the Rangers have against the Islanders because, again, it's her books. We really don't know what the man can do with the team. Right now, um, I have to disagree with Rich. I think the Rangers' hottest line right now is Don Maloney, um, Robbie Fatorik, and Eddie Johnstone. Eddie Johnstone has now scored... Uh, 11 goals in his last 11 games. Um, I'm not saying that the Duguay line is bad. I think they're a great line also. However, when you look at the third and fourth lines, that's where the weakness lies with um, Davy Stoke playing, Robbie McClanahan, uh, the Miko Leninins. Uh, you take a look at the Islanders' third and fourth lines. That's where the Rangers' third and fourth lines have to produce. And I think that um, Dave Silk and Robbie McClanahan have been there before in pressure games. I think they might surprise a lot of people. We'll have to wait and see. We'll make a more uh, accurate assessment of the whole playoff system after the Islanders play Pittsburgh and the Rangers play Philadelphia. Yes, I just have one more question. Sure. The uh, past last three games, without counting yesterday's games, let's see, the one against Pittsburgh and the one against uh, uh, the second one at day one, uh, score was 8-5. Uh, I, I would keep the score of the three games they had scored about 23 goals 23 goals and the main line that scored most of those goals which I have to agree with you was the uh, the Johnstone uh, and the uh and the Maloney line. Uh-huh. Um, Eddie Johnstone is playing tremendous hockey, and I don't think he could have been able to do that without the help of Robbie Vittor. Since Vittor has come back, he's played very, very well. Okay. What about Allison? Mike is Allison, ready? Is, I, I think he's still feeling the effects of the injury, but Mike Allison, as you know, is a very excitable young man, and when it comes to playoff time, like he did last year, uh, he gets pumped up and he gets the team going. Yeah, last night I saw in the third period that he was like uh, beginning to uh, kind of skate and he w he looked very well with Robbie McClanahan last night, very well. Yeah, he was looking very good, and I just hope that the Rangers would look a lot better facing uh, the Islanders in the uh, the playoffs. I hope that they don't go down. No, I don't think they're going four straight. I think they got a good shot at winning it. It's going to be close, though. Okay. Thank you very much for calling. You're welcome. Six two six three seven eight zero is the number. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Good evening. How are you? Okay. And yourself? No, you made a comment about uh, what the Rangers of the Island is possibly looking past uh, both games that they just had to each other for tonight's game. The Islanders looking past Moffat is one thing. The Rangers looking past Philadelphia is quite another thing. Of course, but also you have to remember that the Islanders also came out on top, even though they didn't look that well. That's true. Yeah, there was no comparison between the teams. Uh, if the Rangers were from uh, uh, from Virginia or something, they'd all be laughing at the comparison. Right, right. With the two New York teams, 
probably be the greatest hockey team I've seen since 1949, since I've been going to hockey games. You know, I include all the great Montreal teams. This team is so deep. You watch tonight in the third period. You watch at every hour in the game when the first close the first two periods and that third period when they use this second, third, fourth line. For the teams, they just grind them into the dust. They start hitting them and just they throw the net. There's really no way of stopping Yonder. You try to come. There's no way. You try to come up with different strategies. No way. And the only thing you can hope for is that they're going to hit a, a, a weak point, a slow point in the playoffs, that maybe they're going to burn themselves out like maybe St. Louis did last year after having the great year. But, um, yeah, St. Louis played very well last year with Mike Leuton and burnt themselves out. You can't compare the two. I'm not. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. Uh, two, two, two players on one team getting cold. You're talking about an Islander team that has, that has every single line. Every sure. single guy is just, just a superb hockey player where you have great goal setting, where you have great defense. He's certainly the greatest defensive player in the league today. In fact, you've got the best generation of all time on one team together. That includes a great uh, Montreal team. This team doesn't have a weakness. Stronger in the third period than in the second, and even stronger than in the first. I disagree, though, with the weakness. I think their only weakness is their backup goaltender. I think the defense has made him look exceptionally good. He, he's a, a, a competitive goaltender and a, a decent one. I'm not saying that he's I a bad one. No, no, I, I know what you're saying, but that that to me would be if Billy Smith does get injured, it should be interesting to see how Rolly Rolly the goalie, for lack of not knowing his last name, is. What always happens when your best player gets injured? The other guy comes in and fills in great, right? And the rest of the team is great. You remember when Toronto knocked off the island, knocked off the Islanders three, the overtime goal? Yes. Right. Who was the big player that got injured? The Salming was injured. He was out for that whole series. He got injured the first. Turnbull was the man. He played twice. Every team that loses their number one player, all the other guys pick it up. I will not hurt anybody. I make my prediction as I made every year to everybody. <laughs> the Islanders, and I'm being very objective, will not lose a game in the entire playoffs as they go for their third win, their third Stanley Cup. Ooh, all right. That, that is that is a very lofty prediction. And a one loss. I'll tell you what. Really let it air out against the Rangers in the playoffs. What happens tonight? One game doesn't make it. That, that's true. Because, uh, we've learned over the years that the regular season means nothing. Just eliminate they five teams. They will let it out like they did last year. They will let it out against the Rangers. I, I'll tell you what. If they do win every single game, Rich O and myself will take you out for a drink, okay? I'll tell you what. That's, that's a dynamite <laughs> yeah. prediction to me. You're right, guys. I'll tell you what. And I, I'll call again. If, I, if they win every game, I'll have buy me a drink. If they win every game, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what. If the Rangers beat them, I'll buy you a drink anyway. <laughs> the Rangers won't win a game. I will be shocked. Okay. Well, if this happens, if this does happen, we want you to call us back. Okay? How do they play them, first of all? How do they play them? Do they play them? If they can't, they don't dare play them rough. Because if they play them rough, they get a lot of trouble. With I, I think the only way to beat the Islanders is the yeah. same way you can beat the Rangers uh, with a different degree of difficulty. I'm not saying. I think that um, the Rangers have to pressure the Islanders' defensemen. That's the only way. I think if they can't let the outlet pass, go to the left wing. It seems like the Islanders feed left wing a lot and skate on the left side. I think if you put pressure on that left side, 
you might have a chance. I mean, I think Paxton is the key to that whole thing. Yeah, uh, and everybody says six. That's what's great about the team, by the way. You can speak to five hockey. Uh, and there's always a different. And they all select five different guys on the team. Who to watch is lies their greatness. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to be looking forward to your call back. Okay? Call. My name is Richie. Remember. Okay, Richie. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. Six two six three seven eight zero. And maybe we'll be taking out Richie for a drink. Whatever. We're going to go over to the phones once again and say. Good evening, you're on Sports Talk. Yeah, I want to ask you, what do you think of Roland Malonzo? Roland Malonzo, we were just uh, talking about him a minute ago. Uh, Mark here considers uh, Roland Malonzo in the back of goaltender to be probably the Islanders' only, only weakness. weakness. Yeah, like whenever they're in a game, it's like, you know, a shootout, like 5, 4, 6, 7, 6, you know? I think he's very weak to his thick side. I think that's his only weakness. I, he plays his angles well, though. I think he has potential. However, the Islanders have a goaltender in their minor league system that they've been touting very highly. And uh, something like that. Hmm? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Not just an H, right? Right. Uh, I'm not sure on the pronunciation either. I, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, I think his name is, uh, what is it, Use? No, it's not Use. We'll, we'll get, it used to be huge. We'll, we'll get the, the correct name and everything, but he, he's uh, one of the top prospects in the minor leagues as a goaltender. And um, I think maybe Melanson, Melanson, whichever way you want to pronounce it, might be with the Islanders a couple more years. I, I think they realize that he's not a, a great backup goaltender, but he's Rudley, right, with the H. That's his name. Rudley is the goaltender. We've got that H-R-U-D-L-E-Y. Okay, very good. That is the backup goal, not backup, the minor league goaltender who is doing exceptionally well in the minor leagues. Um, I think they realize there's a weakness. However, he's a very capable goaltender, as exemplified in his record. He wins a lot of games, and the defense uh, holds out for him. Um, however, if Billy Smith got injured for any period of time, I don't know how well he'd hold up under the immense pressure. That's about the only thing I feel the weakness is. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. I tried to call up before about uh, Rangers mixing up their lines. They might be doing that, you know, in the playoffs. They'd be able to match up. That's true. Herb Brooks knows what he's doing. He, he definitely does. Okay, we're going to go over to the phones once again. Thank you very much for calling, okay? 626-3780 is the number. And good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Hi. I'd like to question the second... The second answer, we asked who is the only player right now currently wearing the number 13 in the NHL. And you, you have to question. Yes. Okay, and I know he was, and unless this guy retired recently, which I don't know about, Guy Sharon was number 13. Guy Sharon. I, I don't know if he is right now currently playing in the NHL. I think he either was retired or he was sent down to the minor leagues. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. Okay, well, we appreciate your calls. Is there anything else you'd like to talk yeah. about? Um, do you think Ron Dugo will try to get back at Kenny Moore tonight for what he did? No, I don't think there are any. Be, I don't think there's going to be any getting back tonight. I think both teams are out there to play hockey and not settle any uh, fist fights or uh, cuts or bruises that they have had in the past. Tonight is an all-out hockey game. I feel. I think that Ron Duguay kind of regretted what he said. I think he looked at the tapes and realized that it was accidental. Um, the Islanders, the Rangers were upset. They lost the game. They were outplayed. Ron Duguay made a, a remark. He never really followed up on it. I mean, he said that Kenny Marsh should have been suspended. Then I think he got a look at the tape and realized that he was wrong. If you're looking for vindictiveness and a, a game that someone is going to get back at someone, watch Wednesday night's Ranger game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, in fact, Barry Beck has already come out publicly and said that um, if he was Paul Baxter, he'd get the flu Wednesday night. 
Paul Boxer has been involved in a lot of incidents with the Rangers, and there's a lot of bad bad blood between Nick Fatiu, Barry Beck, and Paul Baxter. So that will be something that I think is going to erupt into something very ugly, especially if the Rangers go out on top or if they're behind by a lot of goals. Okay? No, thank you. Okay, thank you very much for your call. 626-3780 is the number. And good evening, you're on Sports Talk. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, uh, I'd like to direct this question to Mark, Mark Rosely. Yes. Uh, my name is David, and I live out in Merrick. Oh, how you doing, Dave? Yeah, Dave. Dave Feldman, they call me. Yes. And uh, I'd like to know who you think is the best um, all-around hockey player. Dave, you ask me this question right, every single day. This is a friend of mine who uh, is also obviously not a friend of mine. He, he is, a, <laughs> he is a, a stringer, as we call it, uh, as far as sports talk staff. He goes out on special assignment. We let him go interview the vendors at the Nassau Coliseum and things like that. <laughs> Dave, um, again, you said you're going to get me to say this over the air. It's Brian Trottier. Are you happy now, Dave? Yes, I'm happy. I also want to note that the uh, reason that uh, Nick Patillo does give out talks at the hockey Games is because when he was a kid, he always wanted to puck and he never got one. Okay, thank you very much, Dave. Thank you guys, have a good one. You and, too, Dave. Uh, of course, that was one of Dave's special assignments to go out to Madison Square Garden and catch a puck from Nicky Fatillo. Unfortunately, he caught it in the mouth. 626 is the number if you, uh, you want to talk sports. And good evening, you're on Sports Talk. How you doing? Good, and yourself? All right. All right, I want to know if you think Wayne Merrick and Billy Cow should be traded for two physical plays. I don't think they play, uh, you know, physical enough against their teams like they, you know, they're supposed to, or they should. I think that Billy Carroll would be a mistake if they traded away him. Uh, Billy Carroll is a, a vital cog in the penalty killing unit of the New York Islanders. Um, you take a look at Wayne Merrick. He has been a streaky player. He's got something like 11 goals and only around 25 assists right now, staying with around 36 points, which isn't really that great as a production from a center. However, Wayne Merrick, if you remember last year, had an awful, not an awful season, but a subpar season for him, came on really strong and was uh, an outside shot at winning MVP in the playoffs. Um, however, I would agree that Wayne Merrick could be traded. I'm not saying that he should be. If they can get a good physical player, then they can go out and get him. Okay? Okay, uh, can I ask two more short questions? Sure you can. Alright, why don't you think Dave Smith made the play, uh, I mean, uh, the All-Star game? I think he should instead of because I think that this year the NHL was going out of their way to show how violence has been curbed in the NHL. And when you come to a showcase of all the best stars, you don't want your goalie taking someone's head off or, or chopping at Wayne Gretzky's legs by in goal because uh, that's nationally syndicated and NHL is going for national syndication. They want a network to pick up games every week. And that was a showcase. And I think maybe that was the only reason that Smitty was not allowed on the, the All-Star team this year. Okay. Okay, one more short question. Okay, go with it. All right, who, who had the most penalties in a game? So, a team. Which team had the most penalties in a game? Which team had the most penalties in one game? You mean all all time? Yeah, in, uh, all right, we'll make it easy. In the 80 and 81 season. In the 80 and 81 season. So you're saying last year, which team led the league in penalties? Yeah, had the most penalties in a game. Oh, in one game? Yeah. Um, was it Minnesota last year? Nope. Who was it? Boston Bruins. The Boston Bruins against who? Um, uh, I don't. I don't remember who it was against, but I, I know Boston had 42 penalties in that game. Okay. Thank you very much for the information. Six two six three seven eight zero is the number. And good evening here on Sports Talk. Hello. Hello. I don't think I hope it's going to happen to Duke Craig. And do you think 
In fact, this week in the Hockey News, there was an article that said if uh, Craig Patrick wanted Jim Craig, he could get him for Steve Weeks. Okay, now I think it would be, um, I don't know how wise it would be to get Jimmy Craig. He hasn't proven himself in the NHL at all. However, he can play under uh, Herb Brooks, that we know from the U.S. Olympic hockey team. However, I think, uh, not Steve Weeks, excuse me, Steve Baker. I, that was incorrect. Steve Baker. I think it would be a mistake to give up Steve Baker right now for Jim Craig. I think they would be better off getting some defensemen if they were going to trade Steve Baker. Um, I don't know how interested Craig Patrick would be. I'm sure he's very interested in getting a lot of the players from the U.S. Olympic hockey team. He's got right now on the team as it stands, Davey Silk, Robbie McClanahan, and Mark Pavlich. Also in the minor league, they have Mark Wells. So they've already assembled four of the former players. They also have a lot of um, connections with that team, Mike Ruzioni being the color commentary for the team. I think they might try to pick him up for a, a little less than Steve Baker. I think Baker would be uh, an exorbitant price to pay for Jim Craig. Okay? Yeah, and uh, you were talking about the Maloney Johnstone and Fatork line. Yes. And you were talking a lot about Fatork and Johnstone, but I think Don Maloney's really good too because he's a leader, and when he was in injured, you know, they were doing really badly. When he, when he came back, he started doing really good. Oh, definitely. Don Maloney is a digger. He, he is in much in the mold of a Wayne Cashman, and I think he, that was what the Rangers were lacking in all the games he was injured. Okay, thank you very much for your call. 626-3780 is the number. And uh, this is the last caller we'll be taking this evening. So good evening. You're on Sports Talk. Uh, hello? Maybe one more. Oh, there we go. He's here. Oh, okay. Um, what do you think about the Mets beating the Yankees? The Mets beating the Yankees. Well, I, I wanted to see it happen because I wanted to see George's reaction. And, of course, it, it has been one of uh, anger. He is uh, furious at what his team did yesterday. He uh, said that uh, no way can it be blamed on the range-shortened game. He said it did go eight innings and that his team should have been way on top in those eight innings. And he said that he is furious at the starting nine players that went out there yesterday. And he said that he doesn't know if he's going to have them in pinstripes once uh, April, mid-April comes around. Of course, the first thing he wants to do right now is he wants to go after Doyle Alexander. For which reason, I really don't know why. I don't think Doyle is that ex established a pitcher as uh, George really thinks he is, and he wants to give up Rick Russell for it. And I really didn't think uh, Rick had uh, such a bad stay with the Yankees uh, last when he came over last year, and I thought George was kind of counting on him a lot. I think George just has a lot of sour grapes with Rick because of their contract controversy that uh, took place about a month and a half ago. I also feel that um, I think his dog agreed there or something. I uh, agree with Rich. I think that although Russell has not really proven himself, he's also injured. If they can get Doyle Alexander for Russell, I think it would be a good move. I think that Doyle Alexander has proven himself with the Yankees and the Giants. He had a great year last year. The Mets are also trying to get Doyle Alexander. Um, we hate to cut you off like this. We only have one minute to wrap it up. Thank you very much for your call. Okay, I'd like to remind everyone listening right now that something very special happens next week. Next week, we return to our regular time period. Write this down, 8 p.m. Monday evening. Rachel and I will be here for two full hours, bringing you the best. Next week, we have an interview with Jiggs McDowell, the New York Islanders broadcaster. The New York Islander, who played for Herb Brooks and Al Arbor, contrasting the two. And Kenny Morrow will have that interview for you. Plus, we'll have two full hours to get to all your calls. So we're looking forward to that, aren't we, Rich? Oh, sure. And we're going to be able to talk about a lot of things. Of course, the NHL uh, wrapping up its season. We'll go into more depth about the playoffs and everything. The NBA starting to finish up. And uh, we'll also be able to reflect on uh, the NCAA finale tonight between Georgetown and North Carolina. Also, your prediction for that? 
My prediction, I did not have my sports timeout. I felt that Georgetown would do it. Okay, I'm going to take North Carolina. Okay, once again, we disagree. Um, also, next week, we'll be able to reflect on the baseball trade. A whole bunch of people to thank, once again, the whole WNYT Sports Talk staff for going out once again and bringing you the best in sports right back into your living room. Mr. Tom Esposito for coming in extremely early. No problem, Mark. No problem. <laughs> and uh, my good friend, he's going to fill in for me also. And, of course, my partner in crime, Mr. Rich O. Rich, thank you. Of course, Mark. A pleasure, as always, early or late. It's, uh, you know... Talking sports with everyone out there. So, uh, once again, just to remind you, Thomas Vizito is going to have the music for you from 7 until 1 this evening. Twofers, of course, later on. And uh, I guess all that's left to say right now. Uh, Anything else? I'll do it. You you want to do it? No.